0: Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menuno's, your life improvement series starts now. I think that it's it's about figuring out what you need, getting it, and figuring out where you're going to implement it into your schedule. So like I do breath work in the car. When I'm in the car, I know that's my opportunity to breathe in for, hold, for like six and then let out four. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a different number, so I just mm-hmm. kind of come up with a rhythm. Uh, and I know that in the car I can do that, and it's a really great time to do it because you don't want to be stressed with road rage and yeah. <laughs> all the craziness that goes on there. But you can figure out how to put things into your day. One of the new things that I've been going back to was what my naturopath had put me on, which was being up at sunrise and getting that first light and how important that is for your circadian rhythm, so. yeah. This morning, we had an early shoot, and I said, oh, gosh, i got to schedule my alarm. And I'm like, wait, I don't have to schedule my alarm. My body wakes up at 6 a.m. now to go get that morning sunrise. And what's been amazing is it's hard, like anything else, the first couple of days.
1: Mm-hmm. You want to keep
0: sleeping. But once you do it, now you're up early. You've now added time to your day. We all say we don't have enough time in the day, but now I can slowly focus on, how I'm going to get my supplements in. I make my breakfast. I have this very nice, peaceful routine that Mm -hmm. has been wonderful because I'm waking up early, but I'm also getting that sunlight, which is making me sleep like a baby. My sleep scores on my sleep number bed are amazing now. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) And I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. Just not, which I used to toss and turn. I'm sleeping like a rock now.
2: Yeah. And look, it costs you nothing. I mean, these are things that practical things that we, it's so funny. I mean, as I was writing the book, I, when you talk about circadian rhythm and getting up with the sunlight or forest bathing or breath work, our ancestors would just call it life. <laughs> but now we have yeah. to like re remember what we forgot of how to live more in harmony with, with nature is really when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it's living more in alignment with how humans would have lived for a long time. And that's really at the heart of a lot of what researchers are looking at. It's what they call a Epigenetic genetic mismatch or an evolutionary mismatch because when you waking up with the sunrise, I mean that's what humans would have done for thousands of years. Most of us aren't. We're getting all this artificial light. We're constantly scrolling our phones. We are staying up too late and eating foods that don't love us back. And we're not out in nature, disconnected, and then all the environmental toxins com- component of it too. There is a chasm between our genes and the world around us. So you doing that is just one micro way to decrease that mismatch between d- our DNA and the world around us or epigenetics. So it is profoundly powerful. Simple things can make huge differences on our biochemistry.
0: Yeah, let's talk about foods that love you back.
2: Yeah, so I mean, there there's a lot of bioindividuality with this, right? And every food we eat, Either feeds inflammation or fights it. There's people need to realize that there's no like I'm doing nothing for your biochemistry food. There's no Switzerland meal. There's no neutral food when it comes to every food we eat, either feeds inflammation or fights it, and really realizing that. But, you know, it's there should be a grace and lightness to this. And there's a lot of nuance and context to these conversations. And it's not about restrictions, it's really about focusing on foods that love you back. So, I mean, one of the staples that I talk about in gut feelings are these soups and stews, which people would have done for a long time. I mean, when you hear the the cliche of, well, when someone's sick, there's chicken noodle soup, it's not the noodles that people are getting some supportive benefits from. It's the soups, it's the broths, it's the vegetables, it's the soft cooked vegetables, it's the soft cooked protein that are there. So if you're talking about nourishing your gut brain axis. Soups and stews and broths are one of the best group of things to integrate into your life. And it's not about what you can't have. As I say in the book, eat whatever you want, but I want you to start shifting your perspective to using meals as a medicine and a meditation and say, okay, how did this meal make me feel? Did it make me feel great? Did it love me back or didn't it love me back? And with, if you may be out with your friends and family, and it, maybe it was that food that maybe didn't love you back as much, but you were socializing and hanging out with your friends. It was The community and the time spent was medicinal with your friends and family, and it was worth it. Then eat it and move on. Like Shame is worse than any food that didn't love you back, any junk food. But you may use your meal as a meditation and realize, you know what, that really wasn't worth it for me. I felt bloated. I felt kind of fatigued. I felt hungover the next day from something. And you like feeling great more than you thought you wanted something that didn't love you back. And I think that's that mindfulness practice that I feel is really the paradigm shift for people. So it's not about this list of do's or don'ts. It's that you're growing in an awareness. And really, it's a meditation practice uh, to be your own end of one experiment to learn and get feedback from your body talk. What does your body love? And what does your body hate? So that's what I mean by foods that love you back. There's a, so obviously some commonalities between most people that foods that just tend to not love anybody back, but that's there's a lot of nuance and gradient of of exceptions to cuz I, I mean talking to people for a living, looking at labs, if i hung my hat on one specific way of eating that applies to everybody, i'd be proven wrong all day long. So there's a lot there's a lot of bioindividuality when it comes to food just like so much else in wellness.
0: So i remember reading in the book something about even healthy foods you have to be aware of that they might be causing you to bloat, right? What are some of those foods that you've seen that are common, that are healthy, that mm-hmm. still are bloating some of your patients?
2: Yeah, so they're, I think the most common ones would be whole grains and legumes. Those are, they can work great for some people. There's nothing whole inherently grains wrong. Like
0: the quinoas and...
2: Quinoa, rice, yeah, corn, uh, ancient grains that are out there like the amaranth, buckwheat, um, and even like whole wheat, like many people will get the sprouted whole wheat bread that, you know, is by it looks so healthy, right? But it, it can definitely cause digestive issues in some people. Some people it works great. And that's that bio-individuality that I was talking about. Same with legumes, beans, lentils, nuts and seeds are another example. Work great for some people, cause digestive problems in other people. So it's not about making an indictment on a specific food and saying, well, that's always bad. Because, you know, other than processed junk, like foods that have no nutritional value, and even that, people can have those and feel fine. It's not that it's going to be healthy for you. And we could look at their inflammation levels or their blood sugar, and it's probably impacting that. But on a, I feel a certain way, if we're talking about digestive health specifically and musculoskeletal inflammation and let's say brain fog, fatigue, and things like that. Uh, These whole foods can be problematic uh, for some people, but the foods that are probably the less known, that can be problematic for some people from a digestive gut brain access standpoint. If someone has a lot of digestive issues, a lot of raw vegetables can cause some bloating and digestive issues. It doesn't mean the vegetables are bad, But it just means your gut needs some TLC, some repairing time, a proverbial siesta in a way, Mm. to allow to digest So That's why soups and stews are so therapeutic because it kind of takes and pre-digests the vegetables in some ways, where your your gut can focus on healing and getting gaining resilience and not digesting all the plant fibers. Um, And we even like with fruits, we have some patients have more delicate, uh, sensitive digestive uh, systems. They'll have like cooked fruits, like a compote, like inside of a pie without the pie part um, that can make it more digestible. Um, Higher FODMAP vegetables specifically can be for people that have SIBO. We see a lot of digestive issues clinically. So people that have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So things like onions and garlic and cruciferous vegetables Um, Those are higher FODMAP. And then I would say lots of raw greens can be hard on the digestion issue as well. This is not news. I mean, this is not news to traditional ancient medicine. If you look at traditional Chinese medicine, if you look at Ayurvedic medicine, they they knew this thousands of years ago. If you have digestive problems, focusing on soups and stews, cooked foods, warm foods, it's easier on your gut. So functional medicine is just reminding people (laughs) what the ancients already knew.
0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm sure you've heard about probiotics. We recently partnered with Just Thrive. Tina Anderson is the mastermind behind this extraordinary product. Why do we need a probiotic?
1: The world we're living is so disruptive to our gut health. From antibiotics that we take, from Roundup that's sprayed out over our food supply, to stress, we see symptoms like gas and bloating, diarrhea, constipation, skin rashes, autoimmune issues and allergies, mood disorders. So anxiety, depression, all of those types of issues are stemming from our imbalance in our gut. And the thing about Just Thrive Probiotic is you don't have to refrigerate it to be a probiotic, it needs to be alive in your intestines, not alive in the refrigerator. And most of those probiotics in the refrigerator actually don't make it to the intestines alive, which is the goal.
0: If We couple the Just Thrive probiotic and the Just Calm,
1: what do we get? We know the probiotic alone is helping with the leakiness of the gut and helping all other types of things in our, with our overall health. But we know now when we add the Just Calm, it's helping with our mood.
0: Guys, Just Thrive is a game changer. If you're ready to take control of constipation, bloat, and stress, and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive probiotic today. Just visit JustThriveHealth.com and use the promo code HEALSQUAD. You won't regret it. Yeah. What, What do you start with? Do you start with the gut when you have a patient, labs and gut?
2: Yeah, health history. Health history is the unsexy part, but it's really looking at what labs are the most relevant, right? So you don't want to run labs if you don't need to. Like, what is the most condition-specific, relevant labs? And what are the stones that are most likely to have something underneath it, so to speak, from a differential diagnosis standpoint? Um, But if you're looking at the most common upstream root issue, the gut's a good place to start for most people. You're going to get more, it's a bigger needle mover for most people because of the influence that it wields on our mood, the influence that it wields on inflammation levels, the influence that wields on our hormones, um, and, of course, our digestion. There's a whole slew of people that have digestive problems. But even these downstream issues like brain issues, like hormonal problems and metabolic issues and inflammation issues, the gut actually is implicated in all of those issues in many cases. So yeah, it is a good place to start. Uh, And then from there, you can get granular and more specific based off of labs.
0: So how does one know physically that they have inflammation issues?
2: So you could go off of symptoms first. Um, If you look at The fact that inflammation is the commonality between just about every health problem i would think taking an assessment uh and checking in with your body what's your body telling you we see these symptoms in functional medicine oftentimes as like a check engine light okay the check engine lights on what's my body telling me so starting from your you know head down i mean brain fog anxiety depression there's a whole field of research called the the cytokine model of cognitive function. Cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's researchers looking at how does inflammation impact how my brain works. So that's those are inflammatory in nature. And moving down, I mean, if you look at the skin, a skin is oftentimes an outer window uh, as to what's going on inside the body, specifically the gut. We have what's called the gut-skin axis. So oftentimes you know, breakouts or redness or you know eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis. They are oftentimes, they're, they're inflammatory problems, but there, a lot of them have autoimmune components or, or overtly autoimmune in nature. So understanding the gut's hugely b- uh, beneficial with skin issues. Looking at your hair as well, you could look at your th- thyroid, hormonal problems, estrogen, progesterone issues. All of these are inflammatory because many hormonal problems are signaling issues. They are, the receptor sites are not picking up the hormone the way that we want it to be. So there can be insulin resistance, like leptin resistance, which can drive weight loss resistance or trouble losing weight as it has inflammatory components to, of course, the bigger things that we're talking about, like um, digestive problems, musculoskeletal arthritis issues. So it's it's implicated in so many different things. So those are if you-
0: Phlegm, right? Like I remember I used to be super phlegmy all the time. That's inflammation, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's an immune system response. And the body's overproducing mucus to try to actually create homeostasis. The body's trying to handle something. And we can quantify this on labs for somebody that has phlegm or they get, they have that post-nasal drip or they um, are feeling run down a lot, like cold, flu, uh, the malaise sort of feeling. Um you quantify this on labs. So you can see the white blood cell lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils being off oftentimes, not all the time, and other immune markers that we can quantify on labs. The body's giving us check engine lights. And then the question is okay, inflammation is the commonality between all of these health problems. What's causing the dysregulated? chronic inflammation. And that goes back to the physiological and the psychological, like the physical stuff like underlying gut problems or nutrient deficiencies or environmental toxins, or we see a lot of mold toxicity, mycotoxins that raise inflammation levels. But the feeling stuff, like we we were talking about earlier, like stress and trauma and shame, that will raise inflammation levels just as much as the physiological stuff. So we have to look at both gut and feelings, the physical and the mental, emotional, spiritual, because inflammation is just the check engine light. The symptoms are just the check engine light.
0: Yeah, I I almost like want to correlate it to back in the day when we didn't know any better, people would go work out at the gym, work out really hard, but then they'd eat whatever they wanted after. And you're like, well, it's not going to do anything. You got to, <laughs> you're countering people still, what you just People did. still do
2: that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. so it's interesting to me because, you know, I, I think that we, the lay people, don't know a lot of these symptoms. Again, we're taught to normalize this. We're taught to just go to CVS and buy, you know, some antacids or anti-diarrhea medicine or stuff to go to the bathroom because you're constipated. We're not looking at these things as signals. We're taught to, you know, satiate them and and quell suppress them, them, yeah. Suppress them. Yeah. And so the more we can all understand that these are signals, these are the check engine light on the car. I was saying to somebody just yesterday, I go, When your car makes a noise, you take it to the mechanic. Why do yeah. we always just say, Oh no, I'm too busy. No, I don't want to go to the doctor, or we yeah. have to listen to our bodies. Um, but I love what you're doing with shame because we're seeing, and like you said, you have the statistics and the research to back it up that what we're doing in between our ears is just as important as what we're putting in our mouths. So just mm-hmm. fixing the diet isn't going to do it at all. At all, like you have to do the other part. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, for example, I know that. I've gone completely clean. The diabetes diagnosis was a a blessing as well because it forced me to take that next level step where I was doing maybe 85% well. Now it's 100%. Really, I'm just doing protein and vegetables. I'm very, very clean with my diet. Um, and, And I know that the inflammation is going down. I see my Hashimoto's numbers getting better. Um, I see all of my blood markers getting better, even despite a massive surgery. Mm-hmm. So, but the part I needed, and this is why I always say the show saves my life constantly, is because I have not been addressing as much the other part of inflammation, the shame inflammation, the the toxic kind of thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and frustrations and. Um, and so I've been leaning back into my meditations and just in the last two days of really leaning in, I'm already feeling so much better. It makes mm-hmm. a big difference.
2: Yeah, it's profound. And I, I can not tell you, people that are stuck, right, they, they are, have the food sensitivities, they have the, the, bloat, the digestive bloating and IBS issues or the fatigue or brain fog, whatever you're talking about. They are better off than they would be if they weren't doing all the physical, like wellness stuff, like they're eating foods that love them back, they're taking reasonable supplements, et cetera. But it's until they deal with the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, I see things go away. Like digestive issues that they always had completely go away when they deal with these, the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff. And it's very, um, I think difficult for the modern American mind, even for someone that's interested in wellness, because they see it as like not as concrete. They see it as more abstract and more philosophical, and like, how, how could it make, impact my physical health? But it really, I can tell you, the science is there, but we also I see it clinically on a daily basis, the empower, the, the impact, the power that um, these feel, feeling stuff impacts our physical health.
0: you know, if you can see it, you can be it. They say that all the time. So I'd love mm-hmm. for you to share some examples. You did share in the book, uh, even people who quit their jobs, they took their health into such high consideration. They pivoted mm-hmm. completely to make a mm-hmm. change and were healed. I'm getting the chills just saying it. Uh mm-hmm. Would you share some stories or a story of someone who was kind of on their knees and just made some changes and and what they did?
2: Yeah. Um And i it, there's so many stories. All I talk about a lot of them at just a high level in the book, but I want. I'll I'll think of one that. This happens quite a bit. The job, piece does happen quite a bit, and it doesn't happen overnight, right? We're talking about we get them very, to a great place with their health by dealing with the physiological stuff. They're leaning into these mind body practices like breath work, like somatic practices. Working with an EMDR practitioner too, but they get to the point in their journey where they have to, they come to the conclusion that their job, it's unsustainable for their health. That they could they're better off than they were like leaps and bounds. But they need to make a life decision when it comes to their career. And so I talk about Eckhart Tolle says it in this way. He says in every given situation, any present moment, can we change? leave or accept the situation. And I think that's a meditation in and of itself. So is it a stressful job or a stressful relationship? Can I change, leave or accept it? We have to choose one of those because if we don't, if we choose something else, we're choosing suffering for ourselves and probably the people around us, inner resistance, which will breed that stress and anxiety and the inner resist- resistance, which will breed or can breed health problems in the long time. So we have to be in one of these modes. We have to. At every for, for the sake of our health and the health of our relationships, we have to choose one. And um, a lot of the practices that I talk about in gut feelings are healthy boundaries with these things, healthy boundaries with their job, healthy boundaries with our time, healthy boundaries with ourselves and the choices we make. And our relationships. So it is. Um, we that's what I would say is I see play out all the time. For some people, it's a relationship where they get they realized that their sickness was so much a part of their identity, and when they started to heal and realize, well, I'm way more. I'm not my sickness. I'm not my diagnosis. I am not this label. And and their decisions in their life started to shift, and they started eating foods that love them back. And then I start, they started their like their social sh- circle had to shift because they weren't they were in a healthier, higher vibrational state. Um, they their their significant other, their friend circle starts to shift because it's out of alignment with their healing journey. Um. Now, I'm not saying a lot of my patients get divorces, but it happens from time to time where they have to start making decisions of things that are out of line, out of alignment with their health goals. So I've seen just about it all in 13 years of doing this. It's there's a lot a lot of life shifts for sure.
0: Yeah, I we hear that often now is that as you're growing you're falling out of relationships, right? Because you're falling out of alignment with certain people, you're going to other levels. So I think that's a really good thing for people to hear because when you are in it and it's happening and I've had it happen to me, it's very sad. It's very lonely, but you have to realize it's, it's everyone's in a different place, right? So, and, and if you're in a relationship with somebody, you're either growing together or you're not. And when you're not, it's going to be very painful.
2: Mm-hmm. And look, and people can stay, go and take that change, leave, or accept decision-making in that time. And sometimes people can stay in a marriage and be in radical acceptance in that in marriage. And it's they're not on the same page. And I've seen people stay in marriages for, for whatever reason, their own personal reason, And they are in radical acceptance. They are on a different path. They are in different pages. But at this point in their journey, they didn't leave that that relationship. But they're in radical acceptance. They are not in in inner resistance about the fact that they're in completely two different pages. So it's possible. But a lot of people really, if they can't go to therapy and change it, uh, and they can't be in inner acceptance, they have to leave.
0: Yeah. Well, we've learned a lot today And I want to thank you for this book because um, not only does it really kind of encapsulate so much that we need to be aware of, uh, shameflammation being such a big one, and again, I needed this today, but also there is recipes to help reduce stress and uh, inflammation in here. There's a whole protocol for you guys. So again, the book. Well, I got all my note cards. Let me take them out. <laughs> <laughs> Gut feelings. Healing the shame fueled relationship between what you eat and how you feel. And you have some really great, uh, great um, references here and, and reviews here. Of course, Gwyneth Paltrow being one of them. Doctor Nicole Lapera, who we've had on the show and love as well. Um, so, Doctor Will Cole, thank you so much.
2: Thank you, my friend.
0: All right. Well, I think we all know now that there's more to our health and what we have to do than just controlling what we eat, which I know is hard enough, friends. I know that's already a challenge because we're inundated with so much out there. Commercials that make all these things look so delicious, but they're so not good for us. Um, So it's, it's already a challenge, but you have to think of what you want more you, that's kind of what I used to say to my mom too, when we were working on her no sugar diet is what do we want more? Do we want to be healthy or do we want to have that? And, you know, once in a while, obviously, like Dr. Will Cole says, don't shame yourself. If you want a craving, if you have a craving, you want something, do it. But overall, we should be looking at what we're eating as medicine and, and thinking about what's going to make this car run well right? So, so making those decisions, if you keep that in mind, what is your bigger goal here? You want to feel better. You want to look better. You want to, uh, be able to do more. That's what healthier foods are going to be able to do for you. That's your, your partner in crime there. But then there's also the emotional stuff that we have to deal with. And that's why we have so many experts on this show every single day, helping us with that and giving us tools to better ourselves. So, um, we are going to start putting some compilation shows together that might help you on that journey. We'll collect some of the best of the best of the best and uh, and stay focused on certain topics to help you guys with that. And we'll keep bringing on the best experts to help us with what their knowledge base is and, and just keep doing our best with it. It's hard, I know. But We can all take little baby steps to get better and better every single day. So even if you take one thing today that you learned and implement it, you're going to be ahead and you're going to be better than you were yesterday. And that's kind of how I look at things too. So I hope this has been helpful. If it has been, please share it with a friend. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present
1: distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menounos or mariamenounos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you.